Hello and welcome to another podcast. I am Coach Mark Manila from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. Both of my sites are here packed with a wealth of information to help you get the best possible start in your life. Whether you're using English as a second language or your native language, perhaps you're looking to launch your own company or maybe even just invest. Yeah, perhaps you're a bit of an entrepreneur, but in a way that's rather different. Instead of launching your own company, maybe you're wanting to invest into something a little bit different to create passive income. And today we're going to be talking in a sub-series about how to invest into property markets, including for Airbnb rentals, as well as student accommodation and other market sectors. Now, um, I must say at this outset that I have experience in the property sector. Um, in my previous, uh, shall we say, my previous forms, I've worked within property in the UK, uh, working nationwide with big property developers and understanding the new build property market and also landlord and investor markets there as well. Um, I've also written numerous articles for A Place in the Sun a magazine, which is part of the Channel 4 programme, which is very popular in the UK. And uh, that looks very much at investing in second holiday homes, uh, namely in Spain, the Canary Islands, and of course they cover other markets including Florida, America is very popular, um, and Thailand in the past as well, although uh, things have changed significantly there, and um, that's not really a market at the moment that is a, a very good market to be getting into, certainly not for Airbnb because it's illegal there, so that's something you need to know. Um, I've also previously invested in property myself in the UK. My first property deal and that I did was in the 2000s, and um, I did very well out of that. It was just a very good timing of the market, to be fair, looking back. Uh, and those were in the days where you could get 95% mortgages, and even the builder would then pay your 5% deposit. So you could get in with no money down whatsoever. It was crazy. I think the only thing I did was pay, uh, I wrote a check for £50, 50 British pounds. Those were the days when you just had to write a paper check. Um, and I got into the property market. It was the smartest move I ever did. And unfortunately, the worst move I ever did was then the money that I cleared from the sale of that property. Um, I then reinvested um, a few years later back into a joint property in the UK, um, which very sadly um, got taken. <laughs> oh, it's a very long story. Yeah. So um, my, my one thing I would say here is this. Be very careful who you get into partnerships with, whether that be business or personally, um, because things can, um, you can get it and then you can lose it and have to start all over again. But today we're going to be talking about investing in Airbnb. Now, um, some of my uh, previous clients, particularly those of you, if you are from Asian countries, are quite interested in getting into um, foreign overseas markets to, uh, I suppose, protect some of your income than just leaving it in the banks. Now, if we talk about Airbnb in particular, okay, most of us will think of it as places to have holiday vacations or just staycations or what have you. Um, but... When you consider it, um, Airbnb has a huge impact, right? Um, when you think about it, it's kind of affecting not just the local hospitality markets. These are hotels and small, smaller other guest houses and bread and breakfast, but also the housing market too. Now, um, Airbnb was launched in 2008. Yes, it was that long ago. Um, 
and it now has listings in over 220 countries so it's really gone from strength to strength and remember you can use this session as your english as a second language um, try to listen to my expressions like going strength to strength meaning getting better and better okay um, and also practice using the phrases that you hear in your day ahead with your colleagues and your cons you know customers so um yeah airbnb's done very well and even though it's got this huge presence, okay, it is kind of a challenge for Airbnb because it is almost battling with the very market that it enters. Because, you know, if you think about what I've just said, the local housing market and, you know, any hotels, etc., and hospitality have always felt a bit of a threat by Airbnb, and it's understandable as to why, right? Okay. Um, at the end of the day, it was estimated fairly recently that Airbnb has caused the hotel industry to lose around $450 million worth of direct revenues annually. Yeah, that's a huge amount of money. Um, and that actually came from a website which you can research. It's called ipropertymanagement.com. And if you go to the research section and the Airbnb stats, you will be kind of surprised to see this. Also, uh, it was noted again in Forbes, they wrote an article fairly recently, um, about 2021 or thereabouts, um, and it was termed really um, the Airbnb effect. <laughs> and that was uh, a term that came up by the Economic Policy Institute, basically meaning that increased Airbnb listings in an area drive up real estate prices. Yes, I did say that. And it almost compels the owners of traditional rental properties to switch to short-term vacation rentals. So it's a strange Airbnb effect, but kind of logical in a way if you think about it. Um, many people uh, look at it and they think, well, yeah, if there's, if there's plenty of Airbnbs in the area, then those properties must be desirable for people to come in staycation or as corporate leases or what have you. And so therefore, more people are likely to want to try and buy properties in the area to do the same with that property and get a slice of the pie. In other words, a share of the market. And in addition, rental uh, properties with landlords, traditional short-term or long-term rentals might actually switch away to short-term rental only. But of course, what that means is what do home, you know, people who need homes do? Because if the area is either short-term rentals by, you know, Airbnb, for example, then you can't get a long-term rent. And that's a big problem, particularly in the days where trying to get into the property ladder is becoming increasingly difficult. And also the financing isn't available with the inflation and the contraction of economies. So can we say that Airbnb is to blame for this? Well, not totally. Um, look, at the end of the day, it is probably a consequence of these things. But there's more to this market policy than meets the eye. And I don't think all of it lies at Airbnb's feet. Now, that's a good expression. It means it shouldn't all be like, OK, not at their door. OK, it doesn't mean that they are totally responsible. They are part of it. OK, um, when we look at it, it's down to what the market wants. It saw a gap in the bed and breakfast industry and just tried to fill the gap with an affordable service. And people just so happened to love it. They thought it was great and they hit on a great idea. So as times change and, you know, things get even better, people go with whoever puts the effort into providing the best experience. It's just about improving upon what is already out there um, or hitting a gap in the market that's not there at all. So 
Renting an Airbnb is seems to be very simple. I think we can all agree upon that. But if we've ever had to use an Airbnb, and I certainly have had to do that a fair few times, um, you know, whilst I've been stuck in the Philippines, um, it's important for us to know that we can quickly do it. But what about actually renting out a property that you already own or buying into the, the real estate in that area and put it on an Airbnb listing, okay? Is it even worth that effort? So we're going to look into those questions today um, and try to look at the areas where you might want to consider. So firstly, is it a good idea in 2022-23? Well, I think if you're wanting to get some passive income via Airbnb, it depends. Um, and also, if you're going to do it in your own country or go into sort of overseas foreign real estate opportunities for Airbnb. So... No, many people find it attractive. 82% of homeowners, when um, asked about this, were popular. They were sort of saying, yeah, okay, actually, this is a really popular idea. I would rent my home out an Airbnb. And 54% of homeowners even showed an interest in renting out their homes, okay, with a vacation uh, rental app similar to Airbnb as well. Okay, so this was very important, you know, statistics that were coming out about this. Now, it shows that the number of Airbnb hosts, therefore, would only go up, right? And if you're investing in Airbnb, now's a great time to get into it, really. So Airbnb is popular. It's probably more popular than any other vacation rental app because of its online ability. It, you know, you can review, rate. It's got nice listings. And honestly and truly, most people prefer Airbnb, it seems. There was a research done recently on this. Um, 60% of travellers who stayed both with Airbnb and hotels preferred the Airbnb rentals. So that says a lot about the interest, consumer interest in Airbnb. That market is not going away. So to me, as a marketing person and also somebody working um, in the past within property and, and even now, um, that there's a market still for here. Okay, so should you consider it and should you rent out existing property or buy new property? So this is interesting, right? So both have pros and cons. Um, if we look at an existing property, you need to spend far less money than buying a new property. Um, obviously, you save all the time and legal work involved in, in finding an attractive real estate site. Okay. Um, however, your property, your existing property, if you already own one, might need a lot of work to compete with the nearby Airbnb rental. So that could drive up your costs. Think about it like this. Also, it doesn't matter in a way, um, as much as people think, because the main factor that makes Airbnb property attractive isn't related to its old or new status. The actual thing, like anything to do with property, is yeah, location, 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 location. So as long as you get the location right, usually your Airbnb investment or indeed property investment will keep you booked and keep collecting good money. The location is crucial for this. The question is, how do you select the best location for your Airbnb property? Well, obviously and truly, I would say, <laughs> all right, it's better if you first, if you're not used to investing anywhere at all, keep it in your own country maybe first. Um, because you know that better than anybody else. You also know the rules and regulations and are able to deal with the local authorities in the same language and understand perhaps some, some cultural issues. However, your country might not be the best to be investing in any property in right now. So in which case you are forced to look outside of your country. So here's what you need to do. Focus on the city to invest in. Do not focus on the country itself. 
So when we talk about consumer markets, the data is always filtered by countries and it's logical to do so. All right. But if you were looking about why it's really logical for Airbnb investment strategy, okay, it's good to look at cities and individual housing market trends than the countries. Why is that? Well, because a country's pace of economic growth, okay, or not, as the, as the state may be, is not an indicator of the real estate situation in individual cities. So, for example, I can name you three cities in America right now, Baltimore being one of them and Philadelphia being another, um, that are fantastic places to get involved in the long-term rental market, okay, with already uh, properties which already have tenants in, in situ, right, okay? And if you're interested to know more about those, please follow the links down below and request a list from me. I've got loads of these projects available and you can check them all out. They have vetted tenants in place and they are pretty much turnkey. Um, so that means everybody is already in place. The licenses to rent them are in place and the tenants are are there okay and they're paying and you just take over the property so um there are many many um areas that are going to work exceptionally well but loads of areas in america that would be death okay so you have to know the location and specific city location so two cities in the same country can and usually do have different completely different property markets and sectors all right so does it mean that selecting a good country isn't important at all no it's still important because as i've just said it's about the housing regulations and laws set, set by the government of the country. Okay? And you need to know that you can own a property. So say, for example, in the Philippines, yeah, I could talk to you about areas of the Philippines that are booming, and certainly in the NCR and provinces nearby and closely related to the NCR. Uh, that's the national capital region, by the way. It's like Manila and Makati. There are cities or pockets within that national capital region that are better to invest in. But here's the thing. If you're a foreigner, you need to be aware. You can't buy a house there because you cannot ever buy a house with land. You can buy into a condo because you don't actually own the land on a condo, right? You just basically own the airspace. You own <laughs> the little the little unit up in the air, right, that is built, okay? But if you're talking about the actual land itself, you don't own that. So these are the reasons why it's important for you to understand the country's regulations as well as the specific regions within the countries that might be best for you to invest in or not as the case may be. Also, don't just select a city because you think it's beautiful or has potential. You need to make data-driven decisions. And again, if you're interested in those properties in the USA, get in touch with me because I can give you the data for those regions and show why it stacks up. Also, check the history, okay, of vacation rental properties within that area. Look at the demand. Is it high? Is there a bare minimum or non-existent? If you try and search on Airbnb now in that area that you're interested in, can you get a booking? Or is it packed out? If there's loads of properties available and you've got a choice of the market, then it either means that the market is saturated, so there's, there's far more supply than demand, or maybe there's no demand at all, okay? And people just try to get in on it, but then weren't able to make this make any difference whatsoever. So it doesn't matter in a way that how many Airbnb hosts or rentals that are in the area, though, it matters whether they are bookable and profitable. So are they seeing any revenue growth at all as compared to the past years? And if not, then no matter how hot the area is, it's better to avoid it, right? Otherwise, you'll be fighting for low profits in an already saturated market. So profitability is key here. Also, the next thing to look at is rental yield. 
Now, what is rental yield? These are lovely terms as well if you're trying to improve your, um, your property language um, for IELTS. So the yield, okay, is the way we measure something. Um, and it is if you're looking to invest in a real estate uh, for your Airbnb property. So you need to get your rental yield by dividing the annual rental income generated from the investment property by the total amount you've invested in it. So what you do, as I've just said, you divide your annual rental income, so how much you make every year from the rental, okay, by the total amount you've invested in it. In simple words, a rental yield gives you an idea about the overall success of the investment. So the higher that percentage, the more successful is your investment property. And we know that we need to select the best cities for Airbnb properties, okay? So let's have a chat about that. Where would be the better markets for Airbnb investments? Well, you'd be surprised possibly, but Hawaii <laughs> is one that comes up. And the reason being is even without the data, clearly it's the second largest Hawaiian island is Maui, okay? And it's like the perfect vacation retreat, really, if you're looking to escape city noise, hustle and bustle. Um, it's got lovely beaches, great sunsets. And if you own property there, especially the beachfront, then you could turn it into short term rentals. Um, now, when you're looking at it, if you're a foreign investor, OK, it doesn't disappoint because Hawaii has the lowest property tax rates among U.S. states. Okay, so at the time when this data was compiled, um, it was about 0.28% on average. Okay, um, and Hawaii's median home value is around 669,000 US dollars. So the reason for this is the state of Hawaii offers generous exemptions to homeowners. Okay, but what about Maui? So if Hawaii has the lowest tax rate in the US, Maui has the lowest tax in Hawaii. Okay, so it's only 0.19%. So this is what makes it exceptionally attractive okay, for US investors or people who are able to invest okay, in those particular markets. Now, um, what I would say for you, the average rental property in Maui earns approximately 102,000 US dollars a year at the current rates at an average daily rate of around 375 US dollars a day, okay? So it makes the beautiful island of Maui really a popular one if you think of an Airbnb investment, okay? And to get in at that price, um, you're certainly going to see a great return on investment. The next one is Mexico. Um, San Cristobal, okay, um, USA has the highest number of Airbnb listings, but Latin America is becoming a fast hot growing market, okay, for Airbnb. It's got over 250,000 listings and plus. Um, now, Latin America is popular among many American retirees, expats and tourists. As we know, Mexico is popular because you can just literally hop over the border or get, jump on a very quick plane ride, so it's ideal. And of course, south of the border, it's definitely warmer. Um, it's probably one of the easiest countries to move to if you're in the USA, so it's something for you to consider. Uh, of course, it's got lovely exotic beaches. The food is probably amazing, I would say. Mexico in that area is an area I would definitely have liked to have gone and discovered. Um, I believe it is probably still a very hot market for short-term rentals. When we look at it, um, Airbnb seems to have a hard time in many regions due to property regulations, okay? 
but Airbnb doesn't have a problem, it seems, in the Mexican market. Um, what Airbnb has done there, I believe, from my research, is that it has taken a friendly approach to local administration and provides 3% of the total revenue from the host booking to the city government. Yes. Now, make of that what you will. Okay. Um, I think that's very a loose way to talk about it. That was reported in Bloomberg.com. If you want to check that one out, that article is actually quite old from 2017. But this is what Airbnb did to enable it to still remain within that market. And I think it was a smart strategy. Now, you know, the hotels in that area provide the same amount of lodging tax to the government. So it's you know, it's on the same terms as what hotels and hospitality do there. And if you know the dynamics of real estate in Mexico, then talk about it as in like look at San Cristobal itself. You may not have heard of it. OK. And of course, you know, it's got quite a plus point for it, really, because it's not oversubscribed. But it has seen a spike in bookings for that area, even though it is less touristy, less popular, shall we say. But I guess part of that is due to the COVID, the post-pandemic kind of period, because people want to go to less densely populated areas, okay? So San Cristobal is, is a kind of high altitude, lush green city, and it really is a growing attraction. Um, an average daily rate of 755 US dollars and an average monthly revenue of 8,100 US dollars. So San Cristobal has over 95% of uh, its channel presence on Airbnb, making it one of the best Mexican cities for considering investing if you're going to get into doing an Airbnb business. Um, obviously, Mexico has wonderful residence to real estate program too. So if you haven't heard of that, then you do need to check that out uh, because it means that you can buy Mexican land um, as an investor for either primary residence or Airbnb investments. So I would definitely check out that one too. Um, also, I would just like to add here Singapore. Now, Singapore, um, you know, tops a lot of different world indexes for digital advancement, personal safety, lovely environment to live in, low crime rates, okay, the safest and best countries in the world to live in and invest. Singaporeans seem to love Airbnb. They love it so much that they've booked more Airbnb stays than the rest of Southeast Asia combined. And that was uh, reported in an article on skift.com. That was a while ago. Um, so Singapore is clearly uh, one of the Asian countries where foreigners can buy land, which, as I've just mentioned, is very different to the Philippines and other parts of Southeast Asia. So I love it from that perspective. The problem is it's far from tax free <laughs> or cheap. But the returns are promising, making it a highly lucrative investment for, um, I think, you know, many property gurus or investors. Um, of course, Singapore is the land of the wealthy. It's got low unemployment rates and very high purchasing power. And Singaporeans are always on the lookout for a nice, you know, we can get away in a luxurious Airbnb rental. So for me, I would actually say Singapore might be top of my list. Um, for wanting to get into that market. If I could, that's where I would put in, put my smart money. Um, also, um, Airbnb rentals are very popular among Singaporean millennials who want to prefer time, uh, sorry, want to spend time away from family homes, um, but at a vacation rental nearby. It's similar in a way um, to here in the Philippines. Um, not quite the same market as such, but again, because people live in high density, often with their families, and they don't have much personal space to be with maybe a you know 
somebody special to them, then Airbnbs are popular for that purpose because you can just quickly rent one and just spend some time away, but you can still be quite close to your family as well if that's important to you as well, okay? Um, another weird one that's come to my attention is, is in Finland, right? Now, Vanta in Finland um, is interesting. So, you know, look, we know that, as I've said, Italy, Spain, France, obvious options, and, you know, they've got hyper-tourism and everybody falls in love with Spain, it seems, and France and Italy too. Uh, but a huge number of tourists flowing to a certain region doesn't mean that there's a guarantee for your short-term rental business there, does it? Okay? We've got to think about this. Um, in Europe, it's wiser to go off kind of offbeat a little bit and provide a quality vacation rental at an underrated place. because think about it, we're not saying, and I'm not certainly saying here that you should rent on top of an Alp mountain because that's not really going to work for you, but I'm saying choose countries that are less touristy than mainland Europe. Try and go a little bit somewhere else by providing a high quality of life, um, but not as touristy so that people get a, an exclusive kind of boutique feel and that will appeal to a very, um, I think, a very well sort of uh, healed audience. Now, well-heeled, that's a nice expression, it means people with disposable income who can still afford to rent these kind of boutique retreats. Um, so Vanta is the fourth biggest city in Finland, not really a tourist destination at all, um, but apparently, I don't know, I haven't been, but maybe I should go considering everything at the moment. Finland apparently is the happiest country in the world, and that was the World Happiness Report. <laughs> so you can check that one out. I don't know what I think of that. I want to know who actually financed this report. But um, it's in very north, northern hemisphere, right? So it could be very cold there, highly cold for me. Um, but I don't know about daylight hours as well, you know. I kind of need a lot of sunshine, really, to feel anywhere half alive. So, um, yeah, but again, if you're too near to the equator, like the Philippines is too much sunshine, if that intensity is not pleasant either. So you've got to find your sweet spot. Finland is also one of the most peaceful countries in the world. Now, this might be very helpful considering what's happening in the world these days between Ukraine and Russia, unfortunately, and just world stability. I think Finland would be a good place to maybe escape to in the case of any outright, you know, sort of, um, yeah, big conflict. Um, notoriously peaceful. And also very quiet too in that sense. So it's a haven for remote workers if you're looking to get away from, you know, kind of the office routine and the nine to grind. The average daily rate there is 98 US dollars. So clearly nothing um, along the lines of what the other two were. And the average monthly revenue is 1044 But it's still not to be sniffed at, okay? And of course, it's a good European location. That's what we're talking about here. Whereas the others are kind of more, you know, decentralized. Um, and I would say that if you are looking for the European lifestyle, then it might just tick the right box for you. Um, the other one is Colombia. Yeah. Now, um, Medellin. Okay. The property rates in Medellin are very low in comparison to the others. Um, you can also look into Colombian citizenship and residency. Again, if you want assistance on this, just message me because this is an area that I know about uh, because of clients I've worked with previously and I can connect you with the right people who can assist you with this, okay? So if you're interested in any of what I'm talking about in this podcast, please message me at hello at initial-impact.com, okay? Or you can just reach out to me on Telegram or follow the links down below to register to get a list 
of some of the property developments that are available both in the USA and UK as well. And you can also ask me about these other countries too, and I'll put you in touch. So it's important to notice though that this, in Colombia, it's illegal to rent a place for less than 30 days, okay? So this is really important. So the property regs like those are reasons why you need to be careful for selecting the right country for an Airbnb rental business, all right? Because you need to know these regulations. It's no good knowing that there's good demand for certain types of properties um, if you can't rent it for what you want and how you want to do it. You might not want to rent a place for 30 days, right? Okay, and that might be that the market that you rent to is different. It's not just some tourist, is it? All right, you might be wanting to work more with a nomad, digital nomad, a backpacker who wants to be in the country for 30 days and spend some time covering that area. Um, so now we've talked or we've spoken about some of the better markets for Airbnb around the world. Let's check out the ones you should really keep your distance from, steer clear. Um, now, sadly, I have to say that really China is one you want to just stay away from. Um, and it's very sad as to why. Okay, Airbnb was in China in 2016 and hoped to really pick up that market share in one of what we know is the largest consumer markets in the world. Sadly, though, um, there's been a lot of competition and very low profits and Airbnb announced that uh, in July of this year, that they shut um, all of its rental listings and experiences down, okay? Uh, it still maintains a presence in there for outbound kind of services and things like that, but not for, not for inbound, okay? Uh, New York, the Big Apple, right? Not a big fan of Airbnb. Now, it's kind of interesting, but getting a house or apartment in New York is clearly very hard and challenging and costly to say the least. Um, so more and more property investors are buying properties to rent them out on Airbnb. Housing markets just become impossible for anybody <laughs> to, to really an individual or homeowner to get um, a property. So this resulted in the end with the state of New York passing a law that actually was in 2017. It prohibits listing an entire unoccupied property for less than 30 days. So again, similar type of rules and regs there. You can only rent it for 30 days or more. Uh, to hopefully help people who are wanting to have a rental property for longer term. Um, obviously, hosts with short-term rental properties in New York City will be required to register with the city itself and obtain a short-term uh, rental registration number. This started from this year too. So again, you can see why there are some markets that you need to check out the rules and regulations for specifically so you don't pick the wrong location. And the final one on here, which again may surprise you further, is Thailand. Yeah, Thailand. So we think of tourists in Thailand, don't we think it's okay? But again, similar kind of situation here. Um, it is illegal, okay, to rent, um, to have a property, Airbnb there um, in Thailand. Now, you're going to say to me, but there are so many Thai listings, right? Okay. Now, in Thailand, hosts must have a license if they receive tenants who are renting property for less than 30 days. But most hosts don't bother, right? They continue to accept the guests anyway. It's not legal. 
and your host or your landlord there who owns the property is running the risk of getting caught and goodness knows what would happen to you if you happen to be in the property at the time. Um, I don't know whether you would be able to get any compensation for this or what have you. But anyway, since we want to keep everything 100% legal here, um, I, it's definitely not advised that you should take that approach at all. Don't even risk it. A similar thing happened in Spain, the Canary Islands, not that many years ago. Um, where the the hoteliers were losing so much money to like just private um, wasn't even Airbnb it was just any short term rental that you had to have a license in order to uh, rent it out to short term um, tenants and if you didn't then you faced huge fines and possibly even court action uh, so this was something again that the Spanish the Spanish landlords or those people foreign investors running in that market uh, try to run the risk and just run the gauntlet of um, and you know to varying degrees of success or failure really if you happen to be caught in the sting now a sting means a setup like um, the police or local authorities uh, posing to be potential interested um, customers and asking if this property is definitely available and could they just rent it for a short period of time. And of course, if the answer was affirmative, affirmative means yes, then they would arrange and then probably uh, to meet up with the landlord or the host. And then they would spring this trap on them and say, actually, they're from the local authorities. And this is illegal and big trouble would happen. So it's best to stay clear of those markets. So really, um, ultimately, look, if you're not too sure whether this is the right thing for you, you've got to do your homework. It's not for everybody. Um, whether you're a renter, an investor, okay, uh, you've really got to consider how much you can purchase. Can you get access to mortgage or financing? And so many other things. The data is important. It's not just about the city or the country. It's the whole thing, including the laws of renting out in that, that country. But, you know, once you've looked into these and the second residence programs of some countries like Portugal and Spain, and now Spain's got the digital nomad visa program, these are some great alternatives to even just investing into the real estate market in order to get a residence here. The final thing I would say on this is if you cannot um, afford to get into at the moment into Airbnb to invest in a property, you might want to look at Airbnb arbitrage. Now, arbitrage is basically whereby you don't own the property, okay? But you could look around. If you think an area, do this research, okay, do this research online, um, check out how much demand there is for Airbnb type properties um, in that region. And if there's huge demand, then look at the properties in that region that are being offered at the moment by landlords with, say, short or long term tenancies and then contact them and offer to actually place their property into the Airbnb market, offer to manage it for them. So, you know, doing the bed changes, the linens, the sheet change, whatever. OK, replenishing the toiletries marketing it on Airbnb and other sites and do it for a fee, okay? So that whatever you get is the difference between how much they want to make a night for it and then how much you're going to lease it out for yourself and you get to keep the difference. And it's a great way for you to check your market to see, yeah, is there money to be made in this type of market? Before then, you might look yourself to invest into that market yourself. Also, it's a great way to build up some capital if you did it with enough properties, it would be a full time job. But of course, if you did it with enough properties, then you could make enough maybe for a deposit eventually on a place of your own. But this isn't something again for the faint hearted. Again, you've got to look into the legalities of that. 
So if you're doing it in your own country, that's absolutely fine because you'll have a right to live and work there. If you are working overseas in a country, though, and you do not have a working visa enabling you to do this type of activity, then again, that would be illegal and could end you in big, big trouble. OK, so you've got to make sure you've got a working visa for that. There are ways and means to do it. Often you have to be set up with a company or work for a company. Um, and again, if you're looking to find out how to do all of that, message me, please. If you're looking for information as to how to get into these markets, if you're interested in the USA market, as I said, the turnkey rental properties with tenants already in place, message me. If you're interested in the student accommodation market in the UK, so Sheffield, Manchester, Leeds, uh, Birmingham, uh, Liverpool, these strategic cities, um, I have connections with developers who have new build properties going up there right now, and there are great market opportunities to get in and buying them at the off-plan stage. Also, if you think you can't afford uh, to, or you can't get hold of financing to help you, think again. I've got contacts with um, IFAs, in, in independent financial advisors, who are used to working with overseas clients to help arrange the financing. You don't also have to be living or working in the UK, for example, to raise that financing. Overseas non-resident investors are able to access it as well, but you've got to know who to work with. So if this has been helpful to you, if this has really piqued your interest, okay, get in touch with me. The details are all down below. Please spread the podcast far and wide. Um, if you know of other people who are toying with the idea, that's a good expression, playing with the idea, thinking about it, mulling it over, mulling over the idea, considering it, um, then give them the link to the podcast. And please tweet me out wherever you can. Spread them on your social media networks because I really appreciate that help. I can't do that myself, but you can help me there. Um, or sponsor a segment, okay? Just 99 cents a month goes a long way and it really makes a difference. And I know that I'm doing something right then by keeping these podcasts coming for you. Let me know what you think to this one. You can message into the program. And as I say, Keep going, keep focusing on what you want to achieve. And remember, 2023 is going to be kind of a challenging one, but it's also an opportunity. It's just the way you want to see it. So I hope you can seize the opportunities today. Stay safe, everybody. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue you providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching i'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast Put me on your social media, everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.